Titans fans, I couldn't give the Titans an A grade for the 2023 NFL Draft. But I'll tell you what grade I did give them, plus give a grade for each selection on today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans doing draft grades on today's show. I'm going to give an overall grade for the entire performance for the Titans throughout the draft, then give a grade for every single selection individually as well. Before we get into my draft grades, do want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen Every day, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content on all platforms all year long and always for free. Make sure that you get subscribed and stay subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Do want to give a shout out to my everydayers out there who are listening to the Locked On Titans podcast Monday through Friday all year long. But if you're new, no big deal. Welcome in. Make sure you get subscribed. Stay subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast. Again, year-round daily Tennessee Titans content, always for free. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, nearly 25 years as a Tennessee Titans fanatic, a staff writer for Sports Illustrated at alltitans.com, and a certified film junkie breaking down the X's and O's with you every single day. We're going to continue breaking down the draft class throughout the next few weeks. We got rookie mini camps. We got OTAs. We got regular mandatory mini camp right around the corner with training camp in the summer. A lot of content coming your way. I'm going to be doing deep dives on every prospect as well. You won't want to miss anything I got planned for you guys. But diving into my grades here, like I said at the start, I couldn't give the Titans an A for this draft class, where I ultimately settled was a B-plus for the Titans. I like the fact that they got all athletic players. They obviously were looking to get guys who had great athletic profiles, and I think they got a lot of guys who will probably be better or more important or serve a bigger role for the team in 2024 and beyond than they will just next year, but there are a couple of guys in here who could probably help the Titans this upcoming year in 2023 as well. So I, I like I talked about on yesterday's show, I want to see the Titans really commit to a direction here at some point. And like I saw with them in free agency, like I kind of saw with them in this draft, they seem to not really want to dive all in to helping the team this year, uh, but they're not diving all in to helping the team in the future as well. So uh, I, I see them kind of riding the fence a little bit. And although I liked most of the picks as players and prospects, I uh, had to go with a B-plus for my overall grade, but it'll make more sense as we get into the individual grades for each selection. And first, we got to start with the first-round pick, and that's Peter Skaronsky, the offensive lineman out of Northwestern, six foot four, 
315 pounds. He's got great strength. He plays with fantastic technique in terms of keeping his balance with his feet, using his hands to fend off defenders and pass rushers. Really good with all the technical aspects and only stands to get even better at all the different things he can add into his toolbox as he turns into a pro. He's got real agile feet as well for a guy who's so strong. He's a versatile guy who could probably play outside at tackle could play inside at guard. That's going to be a big conversation. Wiskaronski and his fit with the team. Is he going to be a guard? Is he going to be a tackle? He's got some arm length concerns, 32 and a quarter inch arms. Um, that's, that's pretty small for NFL standards to play offensive tackle. So he may long-term be a guard for the Titans, but he has the potential to be a pro bowl or an all pro level guard that is a long-term starter for five to eight years, maybe even 10 years if the Titans get really lucky. So I really like the pick of Peter Skaronsky. I know a lot of people weren't satisfied because it seems like a safe selection for the Titans, but like I said, the night that it happened, Rancarthon hit a double. Maybe he didn't hit the home run, but I really like what he was able to do. And again, I go back to the Titans are looking for athletes in this draft class. RAS is relative athletic score. Um, it, it's a great measure of basically all of the different aspects of athleticism. You can see on the screen if you're watching right here, measures hand size, arm length, height, weight, how much you bench, your 40-yard dash, 20-yard split, 10-yard split, shuttle, three-cone, vertical, broad jump, all that stuff. And it gives you a, a collective score. Well, Peter Skaronsky's score was a 9.30. And that was him as an offensive tackle. If you judge him as a guard, he got a 9.90. So an elite athlete, if you judge him against offensive tackles, he was ranked 91st out of 1,294 other offensive tackles since 1987. So again, the Titans are looking for great athletes. In this draft, but with Skaronsky, you get a guy who's a day one starter who can come in and play on the Titans offensive line right away, whether it be tackle, whether it be guard. He's a guy who's, uh, again, a really good athlete. And like I said, I see him as a long-term starter for the team with Pro Bowl to All-Pro potential. So really like to pick a Peter Skaronsky to kind of start things off for the Titans. The Titans actually ended up drafting all offensive players for the first time since the NFL expanded to seven rounds in the draft in 1994, I believe it was. So an offensive draft for the Titans started off with Peter Skaronsky. Now, of course, we got to shift gears, talk about what happened in the mid-rounds on day two for the Tennessee Titans, including a trade up for Will Levis. The Peter Skaronsky pick, just so I'm on the record in case I missed it, that's an A-. minus. For me, the Titans didn't get to do the home run play, trade up for the quarterback, lock that down, but they were able to get a solid offensive lineman in the first round at pick number 11, a blue player. That's an A- minus for me. So we're going to go over my grades for the rest of the picks for the Titans. We'll start with day two next. We'll finish off with day three as well. Before we get into all that, do want to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bars in the galaxy from our friends over at Built Bar. You want the best of both worlds. With a protein bar. You need health benefits. It's a protein bar. After all, well, built bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. And with your protein bar, you don't want to have to choke it down. You don't want it to be unenjoyable when you eat your protein bar. Well, you're going to get incredible taste benefits with built bars. It's going to taste like a candy bar because every bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. 
on your protein bar, and they have delicious flavors like cookies and cream. Uh, the peanut butter brownie is so good. White chocolate cheesecake is to die for. They even have a new one out that I'm a big fan of called Churro. Oh, man, fantastic. And right now, you go to your local Walmart, you go to your local Sam's Club, you look in your pharmacy section, you're going to see Built Bars there. They're the best-tasting protein bars ever. And, of course, you can always go to Built.com and place your order there. Make sure that you check out the best-tasting protein bars ever. Built Bars, you could thank me later. Titans fans, we are going to continue today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast, giving out my draft grades for the Titans 2023 NFL draft performance. I gave the class a B-plus overall as a whole. We talked about Peter Skaronsky. I gave that pick an A-minus, solid base hit there, getting a double. Not the home run that would get you an A-plus, but a really solid pick for the Titans, an A-minus for Peter Skaronsky. We're going to continue. It is time to dive into the day two grades for the Titans. And of course, that includes the trade up for Will Levis. A big time move for the Titans. Going to have ramifications for years to come. First and foremost, the trade itself. The Titans took pick 41, pick 72, and a third rounder in 2024, and they traded it for pick 33 and pick 81. So essentially, they move up eight spots in the second round, move down nine spots in the third round, and give up a third rounder next year. Overall, I don't think the price is that bad. It's really not that bad of a price to pay if Will Levis does pay off for the Titans. But at the end of the day, when you talk about my grade for this pick, which ultimately is a B minus. I gave a B minus to the to the move to go get Will Levis. If the Titans would have been able to pick Will Levis at 41 and not sacrifice any other capital and not move up eight spots, I probably would have given it a B plus. Even though I'm not high on Levis as a prospect, I can understand why the Titans are making this move. They, I mean, he he really reminds me of Brian Tannehill. The way he looks, the way he talks, the way he answers questions the way he plays out on the field, he reminds me of a younger, more athletic version of Ryan Tannehill. That's basically what I see when I see Will Levis. And I could understand why the Titans would want to just put Levis in to, to fill in for Tannehill and try to kind of keep what they got going and just do it cheaper, do it younger. I understand that. But with the trade, giving up a third-round pick in 2024 when you don't have a lot of picks in 2024 as it is, uh, dropping down from 72 to 81, made them miss out on a lot of really good players. So uh, even though I'm I'm okay and I understand why the Titans would, would do the Levis move, giving up additional capital and drafting a prospect that I wasn't super high on coming into the draft, I got to give that a B-. Now that could work out. And if Will Levis works out, that will look really dumb. My grade will look stupid. It'll be an A all around to get a player like that in the second round. But right now... All I can go off of is how I feel right now. And Will Levis is a B- minus for me. But at the end of the day, the guy has an incredibly quick release. It really does look like Aaron Rodgers' release with how quick it is and how confined the motion is. He has incredible velocity on his throws with great arm strength. 
Not only can he throw it far down the field, but he can throw it into tight windows, which we talk about arm strength, like all that matters is throwing deep. But what really matters is being able to get the ball into tight windows in the NFL, where that's all you can throw into most of the time. As I mentioned, he is an incredible scheme fit, man. He was running that play-action style in college, something he's very familiar with, making checks at the line of scrimmage. Malik Willis had never been under center in his entire career when the Titans drafted him. Will Levis is the opposite of that. He has played in a system like what the Titans do for most of his college career, especially during his time at Kentucky when he was under offensive coordinator Liam Cohen in 2021 who came from Sean McVay's coaching staff. So he's been running a pro-style offense. He's not one of these guys who's constantly getting the play call off the board on the sideline in college. He's running real plays, calling real plays, checks, audibles, checks with me, all of that different stuff. He's doing that. So not only is it a scheme fit in terms of the plays that they run, but it's a scheme fit in terms of what they're going to ask Levis to do as the quarterback of the team operationally. That's really important. It's not something that people talk about a lot. Levis is also really tough, man. Like, he'll play through injury. He'll stand in the pocket and take a shot while he delivers the ball. And you know that Mike Vrabel loves that. He's incredibly competitive. I don't know if you guys saw the video of him when his name was getting announced on TV. A little cringy, if you ask me. A little performative, if I'm honest. But he's an intense dude, okay? He wants to be the best. That matters. So all that matters. He's a guy who can run the ball as well. He can be used as a power runner in goal line situations. I don't think he's quite Josh Allen as a runner like some people try to act like. And he's definitely not like Lamar Jackson or uh, Jalen Hurts or anybody like that. But I think he could maybe be like uh, Daniel Jones. He could be similar to that in terms of that running ability. Not quite the explosive guy that, uh, that Josh Allen is, but maybe just a, a tick under that. He's a reckless runner, though, so I hope he doesn't run too much. Now, there's a lot to clean up with Will Levis, mechanics, uh, timing between when he's throwing it and what his feet are doing, uh, decision-making, making sure that he's not bailing on certain parts of the progression too early. There's a lot There's a lot to fix there, but I don't think that it's such a work in progress that he can't start this year. I think Will Levis could start this year, and again, we go back to being a good athlete Levis didn't register an RAS score because he didn't do like 40-yard dash and uh, broad jump, or not broad jump, but three cone and some of the agility drills. He didn't do some of the running drills, so he didn't get an RAS score. But people have kind of mocked what it would have been based on high school stats and things like that. And he probably would have been around a 9.5. So Levis is a much better athlete than people are giving him credit for. Um, I think he should start right away. Quite honestly, I think he's ready to play. I think there's a lot of development, but it should be done while he's playing. He's mentally ready to run an NFL offense, in my opinion. And with how much the Titans traded for him, you need to do that and see what you got from him. And if you're in a position to take a quarterback again next year, then you do it again next year, you know? Because Levis is either going to be worth the pick and the Titans are going to win games, or Levis is going to be as bad as some people think he is, and then you're going to be in position to get Caleb Williams or Drake May, and then you do it again, and you keep swinging at quarterback every year until you find one. So, to me, again, a B-minus for Will Levis as a pick, but I do understand why they did it. Um, moving forward here, Tajay Spears, a lot of people don't like this pick 
because Spears doesn't have an ACL in his knee. He's got some arthritis issues uh, in his knee. People just think he's not going to be able to ever play, but it's not like he just didn't have an ACL in his knee the moment the Titans drafted him. The kid's been playing college football like this. He hasn't torn an ACL since 2020. Now, he had one in high school, and he had one in college in 2020 in the same knee. And that's what people are saying. He's got tendonitis or arthritis or whatever in that knee, and he's got no ACL, and that'll limit his long-term potential. Like, everybody was saying, is he going to make it past his rookie contract? Well, he's a running back. I don't care if he makes it past his rookie contract. As a matter of fact, I don't care how good he is. The Titans should never give a second contract to a running back ever again after Derrick Henry is gone. They have to evolve. You can't have high-paid running backs in the NFL and be consistently successful. It's just not a smart way to build a team. The Titans have Derrick Henry $16 million as a cap hit this year. That is a disaster when you look at how winning teams work in the NFL. I mean, the Eagles are paying like $3 million total for their running back room, and they have DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny and Kenny Gainwell. They have a really good running back room, a really good committee, and they're paying pennies for it when the Titans have one guy for $16 million. It's such a disadvantage. So I never want to give a running back a second contract ever again anyways. So if Tajay Spears can only play four years and then his knee is too bad, then fine. Then fine. He gets to play as long as he possibly could with his medical. The Titans get the best of his career. And then they just get a new running back again in the mid-rounds. That's going to be what the team is going to do going forward. They might draft a running back in every draft. One in the mid-round, next year late rounds. One in the mid-round, and then you just churn through them. That's what the trends in the NFL have taught us. So that's my expectation. So throw away the knee injury for just a second and get excited about this guy. Five foot nine, 200 pounds, running back out of Tulane. Quick cuts, incredibly agile, make guys miss in the hole. He's an explosive runner in terms of his acceleration. He can be a three-down running back, according to Rand Carthon, and I agree with that. This year, he can be a complimentary back on third downs to Derrick Henry, spell Derrick Henry every now and then. He's a much more talented runner than Hassan Haskins. He's a much more talented runner than Dontrell Hilliard. So... You get an improvement on the Hilliard role. Again, we look at RAS. Spears is probably the worst guy that the Titans drafted. You look at RAS scores. He was 435th out of 1,745 guys. That's still pretty high. I mean, you're still pretty high on the list when you look at that. So, I, listen, everybody's hating on the Tajay role or the Tajay Spears pick. I don't agree with it. If the Titans get four good years out of him and then he can't play anymore because of the knee, then that's perfectly fine. It's time to get a new running back anyway. I don't need him on a second contract to make the pick worth it. He's going to be a guy who can spell Derrick Henry, maybe take over for Derrick Henry as the lead, not the workhorse, but the lead back in a committee next year. And this year, he's a great replacement for Dontrell Hilliard as a third down back who's also very good in pass protection. So I like the Tajay Spears pick quite a bit. I think the... The panic about the knee is a little overblown, personally. But with that in mind, we're going to move forward. We're going to talk about day three, the last three picks of the draft for the Tennessee Titans. An A-minus for Peter Skaronsky, a B-minus for Will Levis, a B-plus for Tajay Spears. Those are my grades so far for the picks that the Titans have made with a B-plus as my overall grade 
before the draft, but we'll get into day three in just a moment. Titans fans, we are going to cap off today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast, giving out grades for each pick and then the Titans draft overall. On today's show, we have talked about the first round, second round, third round. Now we got to get into the day three selections for the Titans before we do. want to thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content on all platforms all year long and always for free. Make sure that you get subscribed and stay subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And shout out to my everydayers, turning it into all five shows all throughout the week. Appreciate all you guys. If you're new, be an everydayer yourself. Get subscribed. Again, stay subscribed. Check out the show every day. I'm going to have a ton of deep dives into these prospects as we continue going forward throughout the next few weeks. We got rookie minicamp, we got OTAs, we got mandatory veteran minicamp, training camp right around the corner before the season shows up. I got you guys, so make sure that you're staying tuned in. Throw a thumbs up on the video right now as well. Goes a long way to help support the channel, and I definitely do appreciate it. But getting into the day three picks here. Josh Weil. Wiley. Josh Weil. I called him Josh Weil like the whole process. Uh, And then, you know, at the end, last couple of weeks of the draft, uh, started hearing his name pronounced differently, and I was like, oh, okay. So that's how you say it. But it's W-H-Y-L-E. To me, that's wild. So Wiley is quite confusing that that would be the pronunciation, but I kind of like it because he's like a Wiley Coyote. You know what I mean? There's a lot of fun that can be had with the last name Wiley. But Josh Wiley from Cincinnati, six foot six tight end, 248 pounds, great speed, great size. He's going to be a red zone threat who the Titans can isolate against linebackers and safeties and throw him fade balls up in the end zone. He can jump up and go get it, um, jump over top of people. He's improved as a blocker all four years in college. He got bigger. He got stronger every year. He got more technical with his blocking. There's a willingness. There's a want to to go out there and be physical, and that's very important. He can add weight. He's been able to add weight, and Mike Vrabel even mentioned in the press conference after the draft that that's something they talk to him about is add more weight. He thinks his frame has the ability to do it. Mike Vrabel said it himself, that he thinks that Josh Wiley and Chickaconquo can be out on the field together at the same time. So he sees Wiley as somebody who can put on weight, improving his blocking enough to be an every down tight end. Uh, coming out of college, Wiley played Y, which is the guy with his hand in the dirt next to the offensive tackle. He played F tight end, which is like, think about Jonu Smith or Chickaconquo in the Titans offense, where they're that like, wing back set, and it can go across the formation, be used in motion. He's also a guy, like I mentioned earlier, that you can isolate out against a cornerback. You can isolate out against a safety or a linebacker. He's going to have a size advantage over those guys. So I think that while the Titans didn't draft a wide receiver, and that goes into the grade, and, and another thing that stopped it from being an A for me is the Titans didn't draft a wide receiver. But at the same time, when you look at a guy like Josh Wiley, I think the Titans can use him as a wide receiver in certain situations, and it would make a lot of sense for him, and it adds another pass-catching element to the offense. For me, when you talk about fit, um, it, 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 it looks like an Austin Hooper replacement with the potential to be more if he does put on weight and improve as a blocker. But immediately on year one, he's going to be able to take that Austin Hooper role where he can play on passing downs, 
He can come in on some second downs as well. You can isolate him. You can put him in the slot. I think that's the type of role that Josh Wiley can have. Another great athlete here. You look at the RAS score. It's an 8.98, ranked 67th out of 3,062 tight ends since 1987. 67 out of over 3,000 people. He's that athletic. So if you guys, my everydayers out there who have been listening to the show every day for months as I went through the Locked on Titans draft preview and we talked about over 150 prospects, I talked about Josh Wiley quite a bit. He was a big fan of mine. I got him in a lot of mock drafts late in the game, late late rounds. I love that pick. He was one of my guys that I had a lot of faith in, and I, I'm excited to see what he did. Again, another guy that I predicted and liked last year was Chickaconqua. That turned out pretty well, so I'm hoping this pairing can be pretty good for the Titans. Uh, give it an A- minus for Josh Wiley. My least favorite pick of the Titans draft was Jalen Duncan out of Maryland. I'm giving this a C plus. Uh, Duncan is an incredible athlete. He's got a 9.01 RAS score, which is 129th out of 1,294. Um, Duncan is an incredible athlete. No doubt about it. Great 40-yard dash, 10-yard split, vertical broad jump. He's explosive. Um, he's agile. He's got quick feet that allows him to meet pass rushers at, at the edge and get his get back in his pass set so that he can get depth and meet those pass rushers as they try to get the loop. Um, he's mobile enough and athletic enough to get to the second level, execute combination blocks, all the stuff that the Titans are going to ask him to do within the offense. I could see why the six foot five, 306-pound offensive tackle, offensive lineman was somebody that the Titans were interested in. Again, they target athletic guys especially on day three. But as I've told you guys, as I mentioned on the day three live stream, as I said in my instant reaction video, Duncan is a guy who isn't known as a hard worker, uh, whether it be in the weight room, whether it be studying tape. Uh, He isn't a guy who gives a lot of effort out on the field. He doesn't finish guys through the whistle. Uh, He has a tendency to kind of just go through the motions. Um, Again, I'm not trying to attack his character as a person. But when it comes to out on the football field, he just doesn't play with the mentality that, that, that I mean, I would want from my players. And I'm just shocked, really. I'm shocked that Mike Vrabel wanted this guy. Like, in my mind, this had to be one of Rand Carthon's uh, champion selections. I mean, if the Titans can coach him up and they can flip a switch mentality-wise, that they could have a really, really solid starter. That He has the athletic tools to do that. And that's why I didn't go any lower than a C plus because I see the potential of a Jalen Duncan, but Todd McShay talked about, you know, you got to keep him motivated. Uh, some of the resources I use before the draft question whether he's a guy who loves football and is going to give all effort all the time. Uh, if you listen to his, like, press conference, his media availability with the Titans after the draft, you could tell that's what the Titans were telling him all along. And it kind of worried me even more in the press conference with Mike Vrabel and Rank Carthon and Chad Brinker, Mike Vrabel said, if he's the person that came in here during his 30 visit, then we know we got a good one. Well, aren't you on your best behavior and showing your best face in a job interview? So I just worry that that Titans looked at the athletic profile of Jalen Duncan, which is impressive. And they looked at how he could fit in the scheme, which does make sense. 
And they looked at how he behaved during his 30 visit, which is essentially a job interview. And I'm just a little worried that the Titans tried to buy into the best of Jalen Duncan, and that's not what they're going to get on an everyday basis. So a bit worried there. I give it a C plus, um, but there is potential that that Duncan could flip a switch mentally and, and turn into a really good player for the Titans. He's a developmental offensive lineman who could probably play tackle or guard. Um, moving forward, the last pick here is Colton Dow out of UT Martin. He's from uh, uh, Lancaster, Tennessee, I believe. Lebanon, Tennessee. It's Lebanon, Tennessee. So he's a local guy. Grew up rooting for the Titans. Wanted to be picked by them. Um, six foot two. 212 pounds, so big body wide receiver that the Titans like. Uh, he's got great speed. He's got great size. He's got leaping ability. He'll go up over top of people and make contested catches down the field. He'll play special teams. He was another guy with, with great athleticism. Dow had a 9.78 RAS score. That's 67th out of 3,062 people. That is incredibly impressive. Um, so, uh, fit wise to me, he's a, he's a, he's a young Nick Westbrook Akine. Uh, he's going to come in. He's going to play gunner on special teams. He's going to do coverage units on special teams and he's going to fight for opportunities to get on the field and get targets. And I think he has the opportunity to turn into a pretty solid role player for the Titans. The problem is he doesn't give you much in terms of trying to help the wide receiver group this year. So, yeah, they took a wide receiver, but this late, I gave the Dow pick a B. I mean, he's a seventh-round pick. I'm not going to pretend like he's going to be some crazy stud. He could be, but, you know, highly doubtful. But he'll probably come in and contribute. It's worth a dart throw. Local guy, great athletic profile. I give it a B. So, Peter Skaronsky, A-, minus. Will Levis, B-, minus. Tajay Spears, B+, plus. Josh Wiley, A-, minus. Jalen Duncan, C+, plus. Colton Dowell, a B. Overall, it's a B-plus grade for me for the entire draft for the Titans, not just the picks, but for the entire process. Uh, I think they could have done a little bit better and it would have got them an A, but overall, I don't think it's quite as bad of a draft class as maybe some people are acting like online. I mean, like I said on yesterday's show, there was a guy burning his Eddie George jersey because he was upset. Uh about the Titans picks. I think that's a little premature. Uh, if Rand hits on these picks, though, 2024, the Titans are going to have a great chance to get back into contention. Um, and with a good free agency, with a ton of money, and another good draft class, even with limited picks, I think the Titans could have themselves a really good team in 2024 if these picks hit. And a guy like Spears and Wiley and Skaronsky. And maybe even Levis, if they do what I think is smart and get rid of Tannehill, um, then all these guys could be helping this year as well. So it's kind of an in-between. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.